Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may hear this. May God bless you and welcome today. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's edition of Bible Bites. As we look at God's Holy Word again, we continue reading through it this year. And my reading for today is found in Proverbs 27 through 29. So I want to bring out a few points about these verses, <clears throat> excuse me, and these chapters here. First of all, chapter 27, the very first verse, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. We all need to remember that. In the New Testament, James, I believe it was, <coughs> said to say, we'll do such and such if the Lord wills. So we have to remember that each day is, we're only promised this day, and where we're only given this day, and we don't even know, you know, when God may call us at any given time, even in the middle of the day for that matter. But what we do have from the Lord, we want to be thankful for and not boast about other things that are beyond our control. <clears throat> Verse 7, I see in this a key to overcoming temptation. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is a little bit messed up this morning. Verse 7, a satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. And I see this more, I guess, as a spiritual, um, with a spiritual application to some degree, that, you know, when we are content in the Lord, when we are filled with Him, then we, we, we don't even have any desire for anything else, for any sin. But when we're lacking in being filled with God, if we're not filled with God, if we're empty, then any kind of sin, you know, the bitter things be look to us as if they were sweet. And so we fall into traps with that. So it reminded me when Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, 18 about not being drunk, but rather instead being continually filled with the Spirit of God. When our minds and our hearts are really set on the things above and we are being filled with more of God, there's no place in us for the other and we have no desire for it. So I see this as one of the keys to overcoming temptation, being that we stay filled up with God, that we stay full of Him so that there's no room and no desire for anything else besides Him. Verse 12, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. And beloved, there are times when we need to understand that prudence will keep and preserve us. And there are times when that is the wisest thing for us to do and the choices that we need to make. So may God use his word for, for his purposes in you as well as, as in me also. I had to get a little bit of a laugh with this one in verse 14, and, it, and it's not funny. It is true, but it just was a little bit humorous to me. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it'll be counted to him a curse. It'll be counted a curse to him. And, you know, I guess I just thought of something uh, cute, and I wondered if Solomon was a night owl, so to speak, not one who rose early in the morning or liked it. And uh, so, you know, all, all joking aside, the seriousness of that is that, you know, we need to respect time of day. We need to respect other people, that kind of thing. You know, there's um, 
uh, I've heard that, you know, it's a good, good idea not to call anyone before, say, 9 in the morning or after, you know, 8 at night or whatever, um, because we need to be respectful. Everybody is, is different. We all have different sleep uh, schedules and different things like that. So I think that's what it's talking about here. It's just mainly talking about respect and uh, laying all, all humor aside. There is a concept there that we need to grab hold on of, and that is respect for other people and respect for the time of day and, you know, consideration for those kinds of things. Then in verse 17, it reminds me of how we need each other. We need friends and we need people that will be honest with us. Verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And beloved, even when we're sharpening one another, we're still needing each other because that makes us better. Sometimes uh, a friend can speak a word from the scriptures or a, or a word of, um, of correction to us that's very needed at that time. It's something we need to hear whether we necessarily want to or not. So it's a good idea to have those close friends who can speak the truth in your life in love, the, the truth to you in love, because those are the kinds that will help make you a better person. Then in verse 23 through 27, I'm not going to read this whole block, but I do want to point out it's talking in there about the importance not only of just working and providing for your family, but also knowing their condition, seeing that they are cared for, seeing that they are provided well for, seeing that they are um, on the right track and knowing, their, knowing the state of your flock. It talks about here, uh, I will read verse 23, be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. And it's talking about knowing our families and, and seeing to their needs. And I believe this is not only physical, it's talking about providing, you know, nourishment for them, making sure they have their clothing, those kinds of things in this section. But also spiritually speaking, seeing to their condition. And, you know, when they're little, you can correct them. When they're little, you can speak into them and you can teach them the way that they should go. And don't take that for granted because you are planting in them and investing in them things that will carry through for the rest of their life. Take that seriously and, and pour into them everything of God that you can while you have the opportunity. And just do it. In the Old Testament, God said, teach them. By, you know, talk about me and talk about the things of God when you, when you lie down, when you get up, when you sit uh, by the way, when you, when you walk by the way, when you, you know, are doing this, when you're sitting, when you're rising, just all through the day, different circumstances will bring maybe something up that either you can answer a question they have, or you can use it as an opportunity to show them something about the Lord or whatever it is. Don't take those lightly. Pour into them as much as you can. And even when they're bigger, even when they're older, you can still pour into them. You can still invest them as God gives opportunity in various conversations, or you can take it to the Lord in prayer and pray over them as well, even when their condition isn't what, it, what you would want it to be, spiritually speaking. So I just love that because it's telling, it's telling us the importance of being mindful 
of the condition of our households, our family, and then, you know, how to see that they're well provided for both physically and spiritually. And I, I love that. In chapter 28, verse 9 just reiterates for us again. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. What I wanted to point out in that is it points out to us and it reminds us that as far as God is concerned, obedience is better than sacrifice. That's what God spoke through to Saul through Samuel back in 1 Samuel 15 when God said, Obedience is better than sacrifice. God would rather have us loving him, having an open ear to hear his word and to follow his ways than to even be trying to do the religious things of prayer. When we're doing religious things and they really have no root in reality, in us, in a good heart that's toward the Lord, they are an abomination to him. That's what he's saying here. I don't care about the religious stuff. I want a relationship. I want you to really love me and in loving me, then to obey me and to welcome my word. That's what God is after is relationship. In verse 10, it talks about, you know, causing anybody to go astray that, you know, that would be uh, that person is going to end up falling into a pit. Um, Jesus affirmed this, even when he, even going so far as to say that if a person were to lead people astray, it would be better that a millstone were put about his neck and he was thrown into the sea. That's how important it is not only to live right, but also to lead right. We need to make sure because every one of us have a circle of influence. Some it may be a lot of people. Some it might be your family or friends or coworkers or a class maybe that you teach. But every person influences someone. And so we need to take from this that it's important for us to lead people to Jesus, to lead them in the right path and into the truth. Verse 13 of chapter 28. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Beloved, this is one key scripture that's important for us to understand also about forgiveness of sins. It requires real sincere repentance. And a part of repentance is the confession of sins. What does it mean to confess our sins? It means to admit them. It means to really just say, you know, God, I'm not going to cover this up. I'm not going to pretend that it didn't happen. I'm going to confess it to you. I'm going to admit to you, God, I know I did this. I'm asking you for mercy. I'm asking you to forgive me. And 1 John 1, 9 tells us that if we will confess our sins, the God who sits on the throne of grace will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness because he is faithful and just to do so. So, beloved, I pray that... that you know, God will lead us to a place where we can understand those truths. And, you know, even even saved people, we still fall. And yet all we have to do is confess that to the Lord and he washes it away immediately and he wipes us clean and gives us a brand new start. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then in verse 19, 
there's a reward to work. Here again, we're talking in Proverbs about all kinds of practical things in various ways of life and various areas. So here he talks about something practical. I do believe that this also has a spiritual element, though. Verse 19, he who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. In other words, there's an importance and a reward to work. If we get out there, you know, a farmer can wish all day long that he had a harvest of corn. But until he goes out and he actually tills his land and plants corn seed, he's never going to get a harvest of corn. So this is saying that, you know, you do the work. You do the work on the front end. You till the land. Same thing in the spirit realm. You till the land. You invest. You work at it. And God is going to give a harvest. God is going to give a reward just like in the natural, when you till your land and you plant your seed, then you get the crop. And it's, that's the way it works spiritually. That's the way it works naturally. Praise God. There is a reward to work. In chapter 29, we'll close up uh, here in just a few more moments with these final verses. Verse 2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And that just reminded me, beloved, you know, we need to pray that God will establish godly leaders for us. Matter of fact, there's another place in the scripture. It talks about to pray for the peace of the city, because when the city has peace, we have peace. And that's what he's saying here. When the, when the righteous are in authority, people rejoice. And it's not just Christian people. When the righteous are in authority, it's a blessing to everybody because right and good things are being done. So we're in, an, in our particular country here in America, we're in an election year this year. Let's pray for God to establish godly people, good people that will do right in our land and that will help promote godly standards and righteous living for all because it will be a blessing to everybody, Christian and non-Christian, when, when that happens. Verse 10 I just wanted to point out just that this, it's an, it's an odd verse for me to read, but I mean, for me to point out, but I just want to point out one thing here. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. In other words, it's a contrast how maybe a, an evil person that's out for blood, so to speak, hates the righteous people, but the righteous people actually want to see that person blessed. That's the way it should be. That's the heart of God. You know, um, I spoke yesterday, I believe it was, in yesterday's episode about uh, a similar thing here and how, you know, Jesus encountered James and John and, and at one point, you know, the sons of Zebedee, they wanted to call down fire on somebody because they weren't doing right, because they weren't living right. And Jesus had to rebuke them because that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is to see that all people come to know him. All people are blessed. That's what God wants. And so I just found that to be a stark contrast here that's worthy of note that the heart of God wants good for everyone and wants people who are doing wrong to turn and to repent and to do right. So let us pray and let us share God's heart toward everyone. Verse 13 reminds us that nobody is better than anybody else. Doesn't matter status, doesn't matter social or economical uh, state, doesn't matter race, it doesn't matter anything. 
The Lord is the one who gives the light to the eyes of every person. And then in verse 25, I'm going to close with this. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Oh, beloved, our safety is found nowhere else but in trusting the Lord who is our rock and our redeemer. I pray that this has been a blessing to you today. And Lord willing, you join us again for future episodes of Bible Bites. Tomorrow we will finish uh, Proverbs in looking in verse uh, in chapter 30 and 31. So I hope you can join us again as we continue through the word of God this year. God bless you today is my prayer.